and that's the way it is. That's Nightly News for this Wednesday night. I'm Tom Brokaw. This is primetime television here, folks. It's showtime! Welcome, my friends, to the FTV Live Netcast, episode number two. And they said it wouldn't last. I am Scott Jones, the man behind FTV Live. Uh, I like to say I'm the CEO of FTV Live, but I'm a CEO of a company of one, and uh, it just doesn't sound that impressive. So uh, I have to say that I'm absolutely, absolutely blown away at how many of you people streamed episode one of the FTV Live netcast. Uh, I have not looked at the at the numbers the last uh, couple days uh, but it was thousands and thousands and thousands of people, you know, listen to this, you know, as I said, episode one of the netcast, which was just me rambling for like 20 minutes and really not saying much. And um, I know that's not going to continue to work. So I'm going to go with guests today and uh, try and get guests as often as possible. In fact, I got some really good guests lined up. But anyway, uh, I have to say that the people that said to me, you know, you need to do a podcast. I call it a netcast because when's the last time you listened to a podcast on an iPod? Uh, you're listening on your phone, your computer, your laptop, your iPad, your tablet, whatever. Probably you're not listening to this on a iPod. So I don't like the term podcast. I like the term netcast because it's streaming over the internet and it makes it, uh, it makes it, uh, you know, it's just a more all-inclusive name. I, I, as I said, you want to call it a podcast, I don't care. But I do uh, thank the people that have been bothering me forever to start up a, a podcast, netcast, whatever you want to call it, because it's. Uh, I think this is going to end up being pretty big, and I never thought that. Of course, you know, sitting here and doing all this uh, right now, it's making no money, and i got to figure out how to do that. So if you have an idea of how I could make money off this, to sustain it and stuff like that, let me know. Uh, send me an email. Send me a message on Twitter. Uh, if you send me a message on Facebook, I'm never on Facebook. I, I do get messages on Facebook from time to time. They're either sent to my personal account or my FTV Live account, and I'm just never on Facebook. I'm not a fan of Facebook, never have been. But I'm on Twitter all the time, so you know you can DM me on Twitter or email me, You know, which is probably the best way. And if you're one of those rare, rare people that have my phone number, you can text me. But uh, not many people have my number. Um, even though it seems like my phone rings and gets texts all day long. So I don't know what that's all about. But anyway, uh, again, I want to thank you. And I'm not going to bore you this time. Uh, we need to get right to the guest. So let's do it. Uh, let's get ready to Okay, I have lined up a bunch of people as guests, which was easier to do than I thought. But you have to start with uh, the first guest ever on the FTV Live netcast. And most people would work their way up. They would work their way up to like a great guest. But I'm kind of the go big, go home kind of guy. And I'm like picking Michael Jordan as my first pick on my basketball team. And it all goes downhill from here. So I am bringing on the one and only Lauren Savan. 
And uh, she is, uh, I mean, well, uh, most of you probably know who she is. You probably follow her on social media. She has like 9 million followers. And I have known Lauren for, well, I'm not going to say because that's going to make me feel really, really feel old. I've known her for more than a decade and less than two decades. Let's just put it that way. So, Lauren, how are you doing? Say, yeah, I, was, I feel like maybe the first Bush was in office when we met. It's possible. <laughs> it is possible. I, I think, can't believe I'm your first guest on here. I'm so honored, but you know it's only going to go down. <laughs> no, I'm starting at the top, as I said. I'm going big, and uh, everybody else will pale in comparison. So, yeah, no, they will. You're right. I mean, wow, really coming out of the gate with a bang. So, I appreciate it. Lauren, it's like, you know, everybody wants to know, if you follow Lauren, now, uh, I follow Lauren on Twitter and on Instagram, and uh, she has the best uh, Instagram handle, uh, Idiot Savan, all one word, which is very apropos, I must say. It is, but also someone stole my real name, so that was, a, <laughs> that was the reason we went with the moniker. The, the amazing thing about your social media is like one day you're at like Ralph's grocery store and then the next day you're like in Tel Aviv. Well, I mean, what, what's, a, what's up here? Well, isn't that the life of a journalist? You're all over the place everywhere and anything can be news at any moment. I guess that's true. Uh, you, it's funny because you, uh, I mean, if, for the people that don't know, let's see, you, you started uh, off at News 12 in Long Island, correct? Wrong, Scott Jones. Did you start now? Correct you. Did you start now, Myra? I, well, it's my on-air career, yes. My first on-air job was in Elmira, New York, WETM 18. That, and that's where I knew you from. That's right. I think that's where we met. Yes. Yeah. Um, and um, I, that was my first on-air job, but before that I had worked for like six years as a producer at the Fox News Channel in New York. So I was, I was in the news business, but I wasn't on air. And then um, I took like a 65% pay cut <laughs> <laughs> to, to move to Elmira and live on Slim Jims and be their morning anchor for, you know, one and a half years or until my out was in my contract. <laughs> It was a it was a wonderful wondrous time. And then you've you've worked. Then you you went back. To, eventually, you went back to Fox News, and you were all over their air. I mean, you were on Red Eye. You were on Fox and Friends. I mean, you were yeah. you were all over Fox News. I know for all of the turmoil they've gone through in the last couple of years, they were very good to me. Um, I you know I had my own interactions with Roger Ailes, and when I was a producer there, he said, "Listen, I can't hire you on air. You got to go." You got to go somewhere crappy and and learn how to do it and make mistakes. And I promise you, when you're ready, I'll hire you back. And he he did. He kept his promise. So I left. I went to WETM. I was the morning anchor there. Then I went to my hometown, Long Island, New York, where I was the evening anchor there. See, I knew you were at News 12 at one point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved News 12. It was, that was great. Um, You know, the Dolans were our boss, so there was, like, plenty of money <laughs> and he, we would constantly have like pizza parties and ice cream parties and i'm gonna get everyone a hotel room after the christmas party so no one has to drive home like it was a wonderful time um and then uh, yeah then i got hired back at fox news channel just you know as promised the problem with fox news channel um you know they 
at that time, especially with Roger at the helm, they, they stockpile anchors. If you had any talent whatsoever, they didn't want you working somewhere else. They would hire you, but they wouldn't necessarily use you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you look so different than the rest of them because you had blonde hair and blue eyes. So I, <laughs> I really stood out. You did. I mean, nobody at Fox News, no female anchor at Fox News ever had blonde no. hair and blue eyes. No, they had never seen it before. It was really something special. Um, you know, I so because I wasn't anchoring or out in the field as much as I wanted to be, other shows were like, well, she's sitting around. <laughs> Why can't we use her? So that's how I ended up on Red Eye and, you know, Greg Gutfeld show and things like that. Um, but, you know, Fox was a great place to work. They paid well. They had amazing benefits. But you had a lot of anchors sitting around hoping that someone got hit by a bus so they could fit <laughs> it. That's what it was like. <laughs> The oh, and then you went to and you went to and are currently in L.A. Right? Yes. And and um, again, you were now you were at the Fox O and O or the firm as I like to call it out in L.A. The firm. And yeah. you did like again, you were on like every single show. I mean, you were what the morning anchor, the evening anchor, a reporter. I mean, you've been all over the place there as well. Yeah, um, and I still am. I still am. I do every shift. Anything they ask me to do, they ask me to do traffic and weather and whatever. Um, there's apparently like a very low bar. <laughs> they don't pigeonhole you at this station. You can pretty much do anything you want, um, which is great because, uh, you know, you know what it's like. I mean, in New York, the, the news was a lot more serious, um, especially if you were young and blonde, like they didn't see you as doing certain stories or they only saw you as doing certain stories. Um, in LA, you know, entertainment and what other other markets consider fluff is actually the lead <laughs> so everyone does everything well the thing is and then you know you got into social media you know very early in the game and uh i mean you are without a doubt and uh you know that i hate you know giving you compliments in any way shape or form I know, it's painful. but you are without a doubt like one of the funniest people on social media and uh oh. you know it's amazing i mean do you sit there I know I look I've known you for a long time I know you're quick I know you have a great sense of humor but I mean you just I mean it's like almost everything you post on social media is gold I mean do you think this out or is this just coming off the top of your head you put it out there and go all right we'll see if it sticks I think I got into social media um I don't know like 2006 2007 because I was so bored at work I was at the time I was the overnight anchor at Fox News Channel and I literally had hours on end in the middle of the night to do nothing. And I would think of these like funny comments about the news that obviously I wouldn't ever say on TV, but on Twitter it was like, you know, just kind of running commentary of what was going on. And um, a lot of times it was like snarky or funny or whatever. Um, and I tried to keep it pretty, you know, clean and not get myself in trouble. But um, from there, yeah, I guess I got kind of a following. I mean, what's different is... I don't ever post about the news. I'm never giving anyone real news updates. I mean, that's not, I, I, if you're following me because of that, you, you're going to be wildly disappointed. <laughs> I don't, I don't give anything out. Like as far as, um, breaking news or anything like that, I just kind of give you a little snarky take on whatever's going on in the news. And by the way, Scott, it should be said, it's been a double edged sword for me. Um, Yes, I've gotten a significant following, and I've definitely gotten people that call me out of the blue, ask me to fill in on things or, you know, get jobs 
because of my social media, but I've also had several awkward conversations with my bosses. And, and you know, that's the thing. I mean, and people look at that. And as I said, it is so funny and so good. And, but you know, it's not like you cross the line. You just kind of like run over the line and obliterate it. And I wondered about that. I mean, do you, do you, yeah, I mean, the bosses, again, this is your social media. It's you. I mean, we're talking about the first amendment and everything else, but so your bosses have given you a little bit of blowback on it. Um, well, it's funny because certain bosses love it. And they'll tell me, you should be more like that on, on air. Like, whatever you're putting on Twitter, you should put it on the air. And for a while, I did let it fly. And I happened to have a boss that loved it and thought it was great. And, you know, occasionally he would be like, whoa, that was a bit much. But he loved that we were really kind of you know, irrelevant and just talking about the news that we were covering, giving our own take on it. Um, you know, I have a boss now that does not feel that way at all. Um, she asked me to remove any mention of the station on my... <laughs> oh, on always my a good media. thing. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, like you said, it's me. I'm not trying to represent my TV station. And by the way, as, you know, advice for anyone else out there, don't, if you're station like tries and forces you to brand yourself as like Michelle at NBC or whatever I would really fight against that I, I could day, not agree more and if nobody takes yeah. anything away from this podcast take that away you own your social media do not let your station own right. your social media if you have an agent make sure your agent negotiates that you own your social media absolutely absolutely it's so important because at the end of the day your job might change, you might lose your job, but you have to be you. And you don't want to lose your entire social media following because your company owned your name. Um, and you also want plausible deniability. Exactly. <laughs> when it hits the fan, you want to be able to say, oh, listen, like, I don't, I mean, yeah, I work there, but like, this is my own thing. I'm not. Um, and look, social media is. It can be really powerful, and it can be um, a little dangerous, too. And, I mean, you've covered how many stories of people inappropriately posting on social media and getting in trouble. Like, you know, a, a lot of easy tips, like don't smile at a murder scene. Exactly. You know, I just read that this morning, which is a, it's, it's a pretty good rule of thumb across the board. Yeah, it's anytime somebody's dead... And you're posting about it. Don't smile. That's that's pretty easy. And and if you follow if you follow that rule, it's a good chance you will probably never end up on FTV Live for one of your posts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but reporters do forget it. It's our job every day, and we go to these scenes and we run into our friends that we haven't seen, and we're like, oh, let's take a photo, and you forget that you're at a scene, a crime scene where someone is dead. You know, I mean, sometimes. We're a little, we're a little kooky. Yeah. Well, there's no question. I mean, and you have to be in this business. I, I remember back when I had my first job, I was a photographer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I used to run to every crime scene, everything and everything else. And the cops loved me. So they would always let me inside the crime scene tape. Oh, you were like Nightcrawler. I was, I was the Nightcrawler before Nightcrawler was invented. And, uh, what I would do is I'd go in, I would go in, they would let me inside the crime scenes, and I would shoot some of the goriest stuff that would you'd never put on air. But then I came back, and I would put it all on a single tape. And I one time, and I edited a tape together to the song, Another One Bites the Dust. And oh my 
and splice these cuts of the most horrific video you'd ever see. And then, whenever we'd get a new batch of interns, I would bring them into the edit bay, I'd close the door, and I'd put the tape on, and they'd start to watch it. And if the intern threw up, we said, all right, that's our, that's our teleprompter runner because they don't need to go out in the field. And we would just do it that way. And then I think my news director at the time was Tom Dore, and he called me into the office and he said, don't show that video to the interns yeah. anymore, please. It sounds like a huge human resources error there, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think if you tried to do that thing now, uh, you wouldn't have a job much longer. But, uh, you know, again, this was way back, uh, again, we won't say. It was a long time ago. But, you know, speaking of social media, and I've, I've railed about this so many times on on FTV Live, I've always said that women in broadcasting, women in television, journalists, have it so much tougher than any guy out there when it comes to social media. Yes, yeah. they have it better from the standpoint of they will always get more followers, you know, all the stuff sure. and everything else. And I have women that literally ask me, you know, what do I do on my social media? And I always, my advice is always to them, is exactly what we we're talking about. Don't pray, post smiling crime scene photos, you know, you know, try and, you know, post, you know, stuff that's interesting, but also every now and then throw up a, a nice picture of you for the guy in mom's basement, you know, because that's going to keep your, your base engaged. But at the same time, there are so many freaks out there. And if I, if I go to any one of your Instagram posts or any one of your Twitter posts, yeah. there's some, I mean, you have like, I mean, you it's have it's the, the you have the basket. You don't have a basket of deplorables. You have a bucket of deplorables. And the stuff that they ask you, I mean, I wouldn't say this to any woman, no matter how well I knew them. And, I mean, you also have, and I will say, you also have one of the thickest skins of anybody I've ever met. But, I mean, doesn't that have to get to you after a while? Um, you yeah, I should. It should bother me a lot more than it does. You know, I, I mean, on some, some level, you have to understand it's probably sad <laughs> that this is how they interact with women. But on the other, um, look, I get upset when um, they start mocking someone else in the photo that has nothing to do, you know, with me. You know, like they, if I post a photo of my sister and I and they say something nasty about her or my family, then yeah, I get, I, I get really... Uh, defensive about it, but I can take it. I mean, I I'm I do have a pretty thick skin, and on, on, on many occasions I find it actually humorous. Um, but having said that, yeah, it does get a little scary. Um, sometimes people will write me and send me um, my my own address and say, <laughs> "Oh, I found this. Is this where you live?" And that scares the living crap out of me. Or I saw you walking down the street, like that kind of thing that scares me. Um, but on the other hand, I don't know what it is. Like, I work in news. It's not like I'm a, a, you know, one of those, like, Maxim girls or I've gone into some, like, sexy industry where I, I should expect this. Like, I went into journalism, and yet I have an entire folder on my phone of strange men's genitalia that they will send me unsolicited. Oh, yes. And I don't know what that is about. I mean, do, you, do, you have any from Eric, do you have any from Eric Bowling? I did not personally get any from Eric Bowling, but I I was 
pals with someone who did, and so I did see the photo on someone else's phone. So and I that's why they call. And that's the reason they call it the Five, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that how they got the show name? Yes. That's, a, that's great. I love that. Well done, Scott. Well all right. done. Well, all right. I, we'll go away from that so we don't get in no, trouble. No, I mean, look, it's apparently part of the job. I had no idea. But the thing is, I, as I said, I mean, you know, I, I, it's unbelievable. I mean, as I, I can't, I mean, there's times where as your friend, I I see somebody, they, they post something and I get pissed off. So, I mean, I give you, <laughs> I give you a heads up and I, you know, I want to post back like, what are you? You're an asshole, buddy. But I won't. No, I don't do never, it because never. you know. It, you know the worst thing to do is engage these people. Yes, but that's all they want. I don't think any male talent out there gets. You know, hey, can you post a picture without your shirt or you know all this other stuff? And and the female talent, and I'm not just you. I mean, they they all get it. And I, it's yeah. So it's kind of a double-edged sword because you have your bosses that want you to. You know, be involved in social media, engage people on social media, but at the same time, you got to deal with this just flat-out crap. Oh yeah, our bosses now. I mean, it's so funny how late news was to the game. With very media. late. I mean, very late. Right. In the beginning, they were like, "Listen, I would stay off social media if you know what's good for you. Like, you don't need to be posting about things; it'll only get you in trouble." And then all of a sudden, it's like you have to post. You have to constantly post. We want you on Facebook. We want you on public pages. We want you. They put a, a huge screen in our newsroom and have everybody compete against each other about how many, yep. how much traffic we each have on all of our pages. So you're constantly seeing your face up on that screen, and you're either on the bottom of the list or at the top of the list. And you're making us compete for this kind of thing, which I don't, I don't think is right. And, you know, all of a sudden everyone's like, well, what else can I post? What? And you're upping the game constantly. And so all of a sudden people have bikini photos out there and people have, I mean, is that what you want? And then you get in trouble for it. It's like a very weird thing. They don't know properly how to harness it. And, and you know, that's the point I made. You're right, because... So many of these bosses in news still to this day, general managers, news directors, and everything else, they did not grow up on social media. I mean, technically, right. you and I are you and I are old enough. We haven't grown up on social media either. But right. I mean, we kind of got into the game early. I mean, I think I, I look at my Twitter and it's like been on Twitter since two thousand seven, and then I look at everybody else's Twitter and like nobody else is like below like two thousand nine. So I was right. like two years ahead of everybody else on Twitter. It felt like. And but these bosses have never been involved in social media, and yet they're telling their people to be on social media all the time. Well, then you're hiring, you know, this millennial generation, these 24 year olds that have totally been on social media, and what they think is okay on social media, and what your boss thinks is okay on social media is miles apart. And then next thing they're called into the office and yelled at for posting something on social media, even though that's exactly what the boss told them to do. Absolutely. And the bosses also don't understand how social media works. I mean, everybody's cutting their cords. No one's watching TV anymore, right? Me promoting my five o'clock sweeps piece by saying, hey, tune in at five or I'll tell you about a new energy bar that's making people fat, like whatever it is. People aren't tuning in to TV because they saw me tweet something. Correct. If they like me on Twitter and they follow me on Twitter they might tune in just to see what I'm like on TV. I mean, that's my experience. But they're not they're not setting their DVR because I tweeted something. It just it doesn't work that way. Well, I and you have to really give people a little in, part of inside you. I mean, people always tell me like I don't know what to post. And I, just be yourself. Be the most 
appropriate version of yourself, but people do want to see that behind the curtain, like what your life is like. That's why people follow you, you know, not necessarily because you were first on the scene or, you know, whatever. It's, it's like, they want to see what your life is like. And by the way, the girl in our newsroom that has the most followers out of anyone, she's completely, she's a sweetheart, you know, and she's just, all she posts is like, beautiful photos of her and her baby and drinking coffee in the morning and her on set. I mean, there's nothing in there that would be risque, but people love her and they just want to see what her life is like. Well, your life is uh, so much more interesting than mine. As I said, you're all (laughs) over the world. And as I said, as I promised coming out, I said I was going to start off with the Michael Jordan and you have been absolutely awesome. And if you're not following Lauren, although probably most of you are because she has 9 million followers, but if you're not following her, follow her on social media. She is, uh, she's oh, awesome. God. She's funny. And uh, Lauren, I appreciate you being my first guest because... Can I just say, can I just say... You can say, go ahead. Back when we met, and I will not mention the, the date, um, back when we met, when there were still horseless carriages had just <laughs> come about... Um, I, I think that I was like desperate to, to work, you know, to work my way up in TV and to get a better job. And I remember I was in my little, my little suit that I probably got from like Filene's basement or whatever. I do remember that. And, um, you were this God, you know, like you wielded over the entire news industry. You knew everybody, you, you had contacts to everyone. And I just remember you took an interest in me at a very, when I was just, just, just starting out. And I've always been so grateful to you for not only just throwing me on FTV live, not in a negative way, which I'm always worried about when people say my name's on there, but, um, for just giving me great advice throughout the years. I mean, you really do know this business better than anyone else, hands down. And, um, I've always been really, really grateful for, uh, for all of the feedback and all of the hilarity you share with us on your blog by the way well you know what i'm glad that the check cleared the bank i appreciate those (laughs) i appreciate those comments but as i said you are you are one of the good ones in the industry and uh you know i think that uh, i mean it's amazing what you do and and how versatile you are i mean we didn't even get in because this is a news blog we didn't even get into all the roles you've had in tv shows and movies and stuff like that but you are multi-talented you're as i said you I think I texted you the other day. You're the funniest woman I, I know. You're one of the greatest people I know. You're an awesome person. And I, wow. as I said, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you for breaking my cherry and being the uh, very first guest. Well, I'm going to send this podcast to my parents so they realize how great I am. <laughs> well, I think I have a feeling your parents already know that. Except uh, your mom takes a lot of abuse from you on Twitter. Oh, There's yes, no question. Does. Or on all Bless social her. media. Bless her. But all right, Lauren, thank you so much. And uh, you have absolutely been great and good luck. Thank you. You too. You have to say talking to Lauren is definitely not boring. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for me. I appreciate you guys sticking around for episode two. Uh, And uh, I'm out of here. Later. Later.